When we love truly and selflessly, we love with God's own love. Well, he loves us first, right? So we have to be recipient first. We have to be recipients first. We have to receive, and then we can give, right? Um, Don-François Paulien puts it this way. Um, We have to be uh, receptive. We have to be open. And then we have to be active. Um, He says that we have to be, mm, how does he put it? Um, receptive and then virulent. Uh, we have to exercise virtue actively, but only after we have received. So we have to be receptive. And by the way, the virtue of humility is very important because as I was explaining to my high school students, this very day, um, covering the material in the book, the virtue of humility is so foundational because pride with what do we say about proud people oh he's so full of himself right isn't that a common expression for the proud person he's so full of himself you're so full of yourself um when we're proud we're full of ourselves well guess what if you're full you can't fit anything else i i i I use one of my students today a young boy who sits in the front row i won't tell you his name because i don't want to violate the poor kid's privacy but uh, he's a freshman so he's an easy target and um I asked him if he likes Doritos, and he said yes. So I told a story about this this young man going home, and um, you know his dinner time's like at six o'clock, and it's four thirty, and he's got the munchies, and he sees a bag of Doritos, and he eats the whole bag, because you know you can't just eat one, right? So he eats the whole bag. Well, dinner time comes around, and because he's all carved up, hyped up on on Doritos, he doesn't have room for the you know the 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 wholesome meat and the healthy vegetables and everything else that mom's prepared for dinner because he's full of Doritos. Now, as the young man himself pointed out, he could probably do both, but and he is a growing boy, so I, I believe it. But um, then, I, then I chose one of the girls in the class who's very svelte and said, but she couldn't. If she ate the whole bag of Doritos, she couldn't do uh, eat all the wonderful, wholesome, healthy, delicious things that mom prepared for dinner because she's full. When you're full of something else, especially something bad, right? you can't put the good things in. So there's no room for God when we're full of ourselves. And that's really why pride is, pride is so stupid because we fill ourselves up with ourselves and with our own self-love, and we don't have room. And I say, when I say self-love, I mean disordered self-love. Yes, the gospel actually commands us to love ourselves. But it's got to be, again, what's the word? Ordered, right? It's got to be an ordered self-love. Disordered self-love, you know, takes up too much space. It's, 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 very, it's, very, um, it's very fat, all right? It, it fills us up. And it's kind of like, you know, the Doritos, some, some super carby, garbage junk food that doesn't allow the good stuff to go in there. And in this case, was the good stuff? The good stuff is uh, the love of God. So, uh, according to Augustine, because God is love, when we love truly and selflessly, we love with God's own love. Again, we've received, now we can give, right? We receive love, now we can give love. He allows us to participate in the same spirit of love that exists eternally between the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He gives us what Thomas Aquinas calls the new law, the law of grace, which is charity spread abroad in our hearts, to quote from Romans 5, 5. With the new law is the fulfillment of God's promise in Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, 
and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Sorry, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, my trackpad went nuts. Um, <laughs> give you a heart of flesh. Where did the heart of flesh go? Uh, oh, here we go. I, I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. End quote. The author continues, but notice the last part of that verse. Love does not revoke the law. Love helps us to fulfill the law freely. Love enables us to do God's will, not merely what our own lusts and passions press us to do. Love as a passion might tempt me to commit adultery. And yet, when love is a virtue, when my love is formed by God's grace and not my own willfulness, then I am moved by a love that is selfless, as was Christ's love for us. Then I do not mistake my passion to possess a woman as a justification for doing something I ought not to do. When love is a virtue, it requires discipline. It requires us to cooperate with God's grace. And so, shortly after, Augustine makes that famous comment, love and do as you will. He warns his congregation. So after he says that, he's, he, he warns his congregation that they should not imagine love to be an abject or sluggish thing or that it can be preserved by any sort of tameness and listlessness. So here's a quote, uh, a paragraph, one, one juicy paragraph from St. Augustine. Do not imagine, he says, that you love your servant when you beat him, or that you love your son when you do not discipline him, or that you love neighbor when you do not rebuke him. This is not charity, but mere feebleness. Let charity be fervent to correct, to amend. Love not in the man his error, but the man. For God made the man, the error the man himself made. Love that which God made, love not that which the man himself made. When you love the man God made, take away the sin the man made. When you esteem God, amend the man. This is typical, typical Augustinian wordplay, and I love it. Um, it's just beautiful. Continuing, the dove that descend, descended upon, this is the, the author speaking here. By the way, there's a problem with this article because he's got this paragraph that's obviously a quote and it's not set off in quotes. The dove that descended upon the Lord at his baptism signified charity, says Augustine. Quote, because although the dove has no bitterness, yet with beak and wings she fights for her young. Hers is a fierceness without bitterness. End quote from St. Augustine. Anyone who has seen a mother protect her child from strangers will understand that phrase. We do not see the fierceness of love in the modern understanding of love and do what you will. That is, love and go with the flow. That is love as self-justification for what I want. Okay, so there's more to the article than that, but I think uh, Mr. Smith has um, helped us out uh, here, and we don't need to um, quote from him any further. So, just to sort of recapitulate here, we we find that virtue as the order of virtue is the order of love. That it's it's the again, love is a queen, right? Love is the queen of all the virtues. In in the cardinal virtues alone, 
prudence is the chief. Prudence, if prudence is the chief of the cardinal virtues, then uh, the queen of all the cardinal virtues, then she's the queen of all the moral virtues. Even though she herself is not a moral virtue, technically prudence is an intellectual virtue. But prudence is, is above all the virtues. But above prudence, once you introduce the theological virtues, you've got something of a higher order, something directed, di- directly um, oriented towards God himself as, it's, as their end. The moral virtues orient us towards creatures directly and only indirectly towards our final end by helping us, by helping to regulate our our interaction with creatures, whether it's our fellow rational creatures, other fellow humans, or created things such as food or drink or money or whatever, um, anything, any, any, any article that to, towards which we must behave virtuously, right? So, um, to recapitulate, then the, the charity is the queen of all the virtues. She commands all of them. She's higher than all of them, and she puts them all in the proper order. Charity is sort of an executive virtue. She is the executive virtue. She's the commander. She's the queen. She's the the uh, the, the emperor, right? An imperator was originally a um, a military title, actually, before it became a civic uh, uh, title of the executive of the state. So there you go. That's that's what um, virtue as the order of love means. Now, when we when we then go further and look at consider love as the the virtue that um, helps to regulate our, our our other loves, we get that mysterious sentence: "Love and do what you will." What is Saint Augustine getting at? If you love rightly, if your love is properly ordered, if the love itself is properly ordered, then what you will will be rightly ordered. Okay, so these two things that St. Augustine said in two different works, one in The City of God, which is sort of his, one of his two great masterpieces. If anybody's ever read two books by St. Augustine, most likely it's going to be The Confessions and then The City of God. These are his two, I think, greatest works or the the most popular, most well-known works. But then from one of his sermons, we get this even more popular quote, single quote of St. Augustine, love and do what you will. They are both of a piece because for St. Augustine, love is an ordering virtue. There's that intrinsic a hierarchy of loves. And if we do love rightly, if we have that ordered virtue, which is love, then what we will will be rightly ordered and will therefore be virtuous and therefore good.